the vast majority of Americans want the hyper-rich to pay their fair share of taxes. So why isn't that happening? I'm Bert Cohen, and with your help, we are keeping democracy alive. What's going on? He's not breathing. Can you get a pulse? Barely. Call a code. Get Nambia back from the nurse's station. Heart's still working, means synapses are still firing. We just need to get a message through. Prosperity for the few, the rights of U.S. corporations to extract from the land of Central America and exploit the people of Central America. What we've really seen is a financial sector that's gotten out of hand. There's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy. People don't feel that they can do very much. I speak tonight for the dignity of man. Aside from our stated and longed-for aspirations of freedom and justice, as the land of opportunity, America is the place where the prospect of making money, even a lot of it, at least in theory, is there for anyone to grab. And contained in that myth of American exceptionalism is the all-too-real fantasy that when you get rich, it's because of just what you did. You're the rugged individual. Your money is your money, never mind the essential physical and legal structures that enable the accumulation of wealth. As with far too many uh, others like him, Donald Trump has boasted that one way to tell if someone is smart is by how well they avoid paying taxes. It's to be valued. Skipping out on that. High on their pedestal is the belief that only suckers pay taxes. The greed-driven right has all kinds of arguments why the hyper-rich are more deserving of their money. The traditional common good be damned. True, very few people like paying their taxes. But as the great Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes allegedly said, taxes are the price we pay for civilized society. Well, with April 18th fast approaching, the topic of taxes may be higher on everyone's radar. Most of us do pay our fair share. Does that make us suckers or patriots? And instead of inherited royalty, America reveres its ultra-wealthy all too often. But then again, I bet most of us would like billionaires to pay their fair share of taxes so the rest of us don't have to subsidize them. And in Washington, of course, the Republicans, who occasionally remind people of lapdogs to the oligarchy, proudly serve their ultra-rich masters. That's no surprise. But what about the Democrats? In doing a post-mortem on the prematurely deceased Biden-proposed billionaire's tax, our guest today, New Republic staff writer Timothy Noah, sees, quote, a symptom of the Democrats' extreme timidity on the general subject of taxation, end of quote. There's no question that a wealth tax on billionaires is smart politics for the midterms. It plays well. Recent polls show broad support for an annual wealth tax on people with assets of at least $50 million. Sometimes it really seems the Democrats are determined to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Lord knows there's a record on that. The polls show support for the idea among people of all ages and all races from both political parties and all racial groups and in all regions of the country. 73% of voters favored it in the western states, 72% in the south, as did 73% in the Midwest, and 78% here in the Northeast. What I find amazing is that 
Politicians always wait till the public is there before they stick their necks out. That's common. I get that. On this one, the public is there. What are they waiting for? The president could see the support, so he did propose a billionaire's tax. Hmm. But behind the window dressing, Timothy Noah's New Republic article is titled, Biden's billionaire's tax is mainly a way to avoid taxing the rich. Timothy Noah is our guest today. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Timothy Noah is a staff writer for the New Republic and maintains the Substack newsletter Backbencher. Noah was also a Washington-based reporter for the Wall Street Journal, assistant managing editor for U.S. News and World Report, a congressional correspondent for Newsweek, uh, an editor on the New York Times op-ed page, and editor of the Washington Monthly, and labor policy editor for Politico. Noah has written for a variety of other national publications, including the New York Times, Washington Post, The Atlantic, Time, and the New York Review of Books, and he's contributed frequent broadcast commentaries to CBS Sunday Morning and NPR's Day to Day. And in his spare time, I don't know, there probably doesn't seem to be any spare time with all that. Well, thanks again for being with us. In recent years, Democratic Senators Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders have been quite clear, very forceful in their calls to what they believe is would be to fairly tax the richest among us. Can you compare those initiatives to the Biden proposal? Yes. Uh, the, the, the most basic way I would compare them is the Biden proposal has been called a wealth tax, but it isn't really a wealth tax. A wealth tax is a tax on people's, uh, on, on all of their holdings. Um, the billionaire tax is a tax on unrealized capital gains. So the idea is every year you uh, calculate um, how much your um, stocks and other holdings increased in value, and, um, and then you pay tax on that as part of an overall 20% minimum tax uh, uh, on, and, and this is a tax that's supposed only on people whose net wealth exceeds 100 million. It's called a billionaire's tax, but it's really uh, a tax on people whose wealth exceeds 100 million. That's the Biden proposal. Um, uh, uh, Sanders and Warren had a, a different idea, which was to go ahead and just tax wealth outright. And they had you know, basically similar plans in their campaigns. Um, they've since signed on to uh, an identical plan. But back in the um, before the 2020 election, Sanders proposed uh, a one percent tax on wealth above 32 million for married couples. Um, the increased eight percent uh, for the very uh, richest households. Um, Elizabeth Warren proposed uh, a tax uh, on net wealth above 50 million, two percent rate per year, um, and above one billion, uh, the tax rate would go up to three percent. Um, those are both kind of direct taxes on wealth. Um, I'm cool to the idea of a wealth tax myself because uh, I think we haven't really uh, attempted in this country to tax people's incomes very much. And it's a lot simpler to tax people's incomes. And I think that we, um, 
uh, could do a lot more than that. We used to tax incomes a lot more than we do today. That's for sure. <laughs> and, you know, wealth, what is, you know, you, people pay property taxes and it's not like your house writes a check for you. Uh, you have to write the check from your income, right. from your income. That, and that that is basically the only, the, the property tax is is just about the only wealth tax uh, broad-based wealth tax anyway that we have in the United States mm. and mm-hmm. um, uh, it's a very unpopular tax yes. and and a revolt against it back in the 70s um, uh, helped elect Ronald Reagan in 1980 and uh, led to a um, uh, political movement against just about every kind of tax and especially the income tax so um uh, I, I wouldn't advise messing with the uh, with the property taxes again. Uh, I, I do think that that the income tax is the simplest and best way to to capture revenue in a progressive way. Progressive way, yeah, that that can happen, and you know, to tax wealth, it's so amorphous. The idea of what wealth is, you know. I, it's exceedingly difficult to do that. It sounds good. Well, and as we get into our discussion, I think we may be uh, dealing with the idea of the Biden tax sounding good, but maybe uh, there was a little bit less to it than meets the eye. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, I, I, I like history quite a bit. And we all know that the label far left has been stuck on Bernie Sanders quite effectively. But my understanding that in the administration of Republican Dwight Eisenhower, taxes on the wealthiest were possibly even to the left of what Sanders proposes. That was oh, yes. an income tax. Tell us about that. What what you know well, people don't yes, know. the whole conversation about income tax these days uh, in both parties is well to the right of what the conversation was back in the nineteen forties. Um Franklin Roosevelt imposed, uh, well, actually Roosevelt during World War II wanted to uh, put a ceiling on incomes in the United States. Can you imagine what people would do today if a president of the United States said there ought to be a literal ceiling on incomes? And um, uh, Congress wouldn't go along with that, but it did go along with uh, a top marginal tax yes. rate of uh, 90%, so that if you earned above, and it was set very high, but if you earned above a certain amount, um, uh, then every dollar past that amount uh, was taxed at 90%. And so that did effectively put a ceiling on uh, incomes, uh, not completely, but uh, to Mm. a great extent. And and um, that was maintained under Eisenhower. Uh, it was maintained under Truman, maintained under Eisenhower. Um, finally, John F. Kennedy lowered that ta- that top rate, but he lowered it from 90 percent to 70 percent, right. which would still have people screaming bloody murder today. <laughs> and it stayed at 70 percent for another two decades. Uh, and, you know, the other thing about these post-war decades, you should remember, is these were um, decades of absolutely fantastic economic growth. Yes, they were, um, and, and and widely shared. We, we had a, a broad and strong middle class. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
yes. So, you know, any idea that, that a top marginal rate that high would right. kill the economy is, is absurd. Some people like to argue that, um, that, 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 that people, you know, people, rich people found ways to get around um, uh, that top 90% uh, marginal rate. But um, there's some very good scholarship by Manuel says and Gabriel Zuckman that says that really isn't true. They, they found some ways to get around it, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Main, the main way they got around it was through uh, expense accounts. And you could only do so much with an expense account. But when you watch Mad Men and you see all this luxurious drinking and partying, that's all expense account living. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, that it was sort of a golden age of the expense account, 1950s. But still, there's only so much you can charge to the company. Um, and so anyway, yes, we've had much higher top rates in the past. Our top rate now, uh, well, Biden wants to increase it to 39.6%, which is where it was under Obama. Uh And that's, uh, that's a pittance. Um, we really should layer additional brackets on top of, um, I think it's, uh, what about 600 600,000, above 600,000, um, you're paying that top marginal rate of uh, um, 37% now under under uh, the Trump uh, uh, tax scheme, and it would go up to 39.7. That's, you know, that's just way too low. Uh, we should lay in um, several brackets uh, that um, gradually go up to 70%, I think. What about the argument that we've all heard so often? Well, if you, I mean, it's these these wealthy people, and we've heard the the talking points uh, from some Republicans. They don't call them wealthy people; they call them job creators. <laughs> what about the argument that well, if you tax them highly, uh, they'll stop creating jobs? Well, they're not creating jobs with their incomes. <laughs> I I guarantee you. <laughs> they're they're creating jobs with their capital, and uh, uh, and the evidence lately is even when um, you see significant capital accumulation, for example, with uh, Trump's cuts to the corporate tax rate and the capital gains rate, what you mostly saw was corporate buybacks. I mean, you didn't see corporations investing heavily in in hiring. Um, there's there's no particular connection between the two. I think that the corporate rate should be higher. I think the the um, the capital gains rate should be the same as the personal income tax rate. I think that the the tax code shouldn't make any distinction between how you know various ways of making money. It should simply say income above this level gets taxed at X rate. Um, it's absurd to tax capital less than uh, less than um, uh, labor. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more, obviously. And, uh, you know, since corporations are legal persons, what, what's the political reality behind boosting corporate taxes? What, what are the arguments there? Well, it's it's a great it's you raise a great irony among the you know the conservatives who are always telling us that corporations are pe- corporations are people. My friend uh, was, was something we heard back in the um, uh, 2012 election. Mitt Romney said it. Oh right. And right. If, 
Uh, and this was after the Supreme Court decision that said, uh, yes, corporations enjoyed the same free speech uh, rights as human beings. Therefore, they could contribute uh, ad nauseum to um, political campaigns. The, the, the irony is the same people who say corporations are people when it's a question of whether or not uh, corporations can give to political campaigns will turn around and tell you corporations are most definitely not people when uh, the subject is taxation because they sure as heck don't want them to be taxed at the same rate as people. They want them to be taxed at a lower rate because they say Corporations aren't people at all. They're 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 just a they're just a fiction. They're just a they're just a paper reality. They don't really exist in any meaningful sense. And um, so these arguments are self-serving and inconsistent. And really, um, people's income uh, should be taxed uh, uh, at the same rate, whether it's capital or labor. And uh, I don't think corporations should be taxed at the same level. As people, uh, because we need to take into account international competition, mm. um, but but they could go up a lot higher. I mean, they were they were um, uh, Trump slashed them. There had been reasonable sounding talk for years that corporate that the corporate rate had to come down because, in comparison with other countries, our corporate rate was higher. But people also pointed out that when you factored in all of the um, deductions that we allowed, uh, U.S. corporate rates were competitive. But there was a reasonable group of people who said we should do something like what we did in 1986 with income taxes. Right. You know, we say, OK, we'll lower the rates, but in exchange, we will um, uh, eliminate deductions and the goal will be revenue neutral. In other words, we'll raise the same amount of money, but we'll mm -hmm. do it in a more straightforward way. And um, that was the idea. And somehow when when Trump came in, he glommed onto the part where you cut the corporate rate and he had paid absolutely no attention to the part where you uh, closed loopholes. So it was just a complete giveaway to corporations. And Biden wants to raise the um, uh, the corporate tax, but he doesn't want to raise it quite as high as it was before. Trump and he's not he also is not calling for an elimination of deductions. Yeah, once you get in office, boy, you know, you got to watch what you say very carefully. You can promise all kinds of things on the campaign trail, but it's tough to really make it happen. If you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive, just ahead of tax time. Our guest today is uh, the New Republic's Timothy Noah, who's written an article, Biden's billionaire's tax is mainly a way to avoid taxing the rich. And you talk about simplifying it. People say, oh, it's so complicated. Couldn't you just, you know, have a tax form so simple you could put it on a postcard? Flat tax. What about that? I, I remember uh, people who support progressive taxes are really against a flat tax. And I don't completely understand it. Maybe you can, uh, how does that fit in with what we're talking about here, trying to make taxes more fair? Yeah, I, I, I think a flat tax is a bad idea. I think it, it was... Um, uh, look, we've always had a progressive income tax, and it's it's uh, uh, what it means is that people at higher uh, incomes should pay more. Um, if I make twenty thousand dollars a year uh, and I have to pay X percent in taxes, that's going to bite a lot harder yeah. than somebody who makes 
um, $100,000 a year who has to pay the same X percent. It's just not fair uh, to treat people at different incomes the same in terms of the percentage of their income uh, that they pay in taxes. People who make more money uh, can spare a lot more of it for taxes than people who make very little money. And one good thing that's happened in our tax system over the last 40 years, practically the only good thing that's mm -hmm. happened, is that, uh, is that people at lower incomes have largely been dropped from uh, having to pay income taxes. Uh, and that's, that's a very good development. Of course, there are some Republicans who want to um, reverse that, mm -hmm. which I just think is beyond cruel. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, uh, you know, the higher your income is, the higher percentage of your income you should pay in taxes. That's, um, I think that's a very, uh, uh, that is a very important principle of fairness. It, it, it certainly seems that way. And taxing, you know, if you make more and you pay a larger percentage, in no way does that slow down the economy. We've so much evidence of that from, you know, the 50s, which had high tax rates for the big, for the top earners. And uh, we had a big, uh, strong middle class. And I note that uh, the Revenue Act of 1913 established a 1% tax on income above $3,000 a year, which apparently today's money is about 85000 I had no idea. Mm -hmm. That's really The tax affected about 3% of the population. And it was uh, just a tax for rich people, and then it right. became a tax for everybody under FDR. Uh -huh. um, and, and, but in order to make it a tax for everybody, you had to... Uh, you had to make the rates. You had to adjust the rates for people at different income levels. And again, the the the, the, the it's important to remember the principle of marginal rates. You're not. Uh -huh, right. It's not a question of you make above a certain amount and then suddenly you're paying X percent on all your income. The 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 new rate kicks in above a certain amount so that um, uh, you're 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 it's graduated on on you know. Uh, you work your way up so that uh, you're paying a small amount right. at the lower levels and a, a medium size amount at the medium levels and a higher amount at the very highest levels. So, yeah, it's it's not exactly confiscatory, shall we say. <laughs> it's, no, it's, no. It's pretty fair. Now, of course, Manchin is, you know, he, he, everybody knows who he is now. I don't think they knew uh, that just a few years ago, who he is, but boy, he plays an outsider's role in all this. And so he he has uh, objected to a West Virginia Senator uh, Manchin, Joe Manchin. What makes you conclude that his argument is dumb? And it, it just just go with that, if you could, please. Well, I think he's made two arguments. One argument is dumb. His first argument was dumb. His second argument was smarter. Uh, his first argument, when, when uh, there was an earlier version of this billionaire tax, uh, you know, he said, I don't like the connotation that we're targeting different people. There's people that basically that contribute to society, that create a lot of jobs, invest a lot of money, and give a lot to philanthropic pursuits. So he's basically saying, I don't want to tax, uh, I don't want to target rich people. And, and um, that's dumb because our tax system already targets rich people. And he he's knows that, and and uh, Manchin's been really inconsistent about whether he supports 
taxes on the rich or not. Um, but uh, he did reject this earlier version of the billionaire tax for, as I say, a dumb reason. When it came around again and, and Biden proposed it, he had a more uh, logical argument, which um, was that uh, you, you know, you're taxing unrealized capital gains. He says, that's not actually money people have. It's, it's what people have on paper. Um, and, you know, fair point. It's, 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 not, um, uh, it's not income until you actually cash it out. Right. Until then, it's merely paper gains. And um, so I think the best way to um, uh, capture this uh, tax revenue is to wait until people die. And then um, right now, uh, we have this terrible thing in our tax code, which Biden wants to eliminate. And I congratulate him for introducing it last year and introducing it again this year. Um, we have this thing called the angel of death loophole, which says that if you buy, uh, if you buy a stock and it, it appreciates in value and appreciates in value and you don't sell it, therefore you, you don't pay capital gains taxes on it. And then you drop dead, um, and the tax transfers to your heirs, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the heirs, when they sell the stock, they don't have to pay capital gains they don't have to pay tax on capital gains that date back to when you purchased uh, the, uh, the stock. They, they just have to pay capital gains on when they got it. And so there's a huge amount of this run-up in value that escapes capital gains tax. And there's a very simple solution which says that um, when this windfall passes from a dead person to his heirs, then... Uh, the government calculates what the capital gain was um, uh, uh, on the estate and mm -hmm. taxes that away and then hands over the remainder to the heirs. And that's uh, sensible because it's not like it was the heirs' money before. Right, right? Right. I mean, they, they, this, is, this is money falling out of the sky for them. And um, and then they're then now it's their money and they're responsible for the capital gains going forward. Um, people are irrational about uh, anything that smacks of an inheritance tax. I don't know why. It seems to me the best people to tax are dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I sure as hell would rather I got taxed when I'm dead than while I'm alive. I, I, I'm reminded I, I once heard a. Uh, uh, an accountant say, uh, with regard to paying high taxes, the best thing you can do is die. <laughs> <laughs> there are all sorts of insane tax advantages <laughs> that get piled and piled and piled on top of dead people. It's really, uh, it's really become a problem because when you when you do that a lot, you end up with uh, with an aristocracy of wealth. Uh -huh. and that's yeah. something that we have been. Uh, trying very hard for um, throughout American history to avoid, um, and and we are in the process of creating one. Yeah, and some of us, I, I think, you know, most of us uh, agree that uh, we don't want a ruling aristocracy. But some people, you know, I, they they seem to uh, to to long for that. It's long puzzled people 
on the left as to why so many people in low-income categories are, are some of the most fervent supporters of the richest and most powerful, and they, they want to protect them. I, I was rather amazed. I, I read a book on the 1848 attempts at revolution in Europe, and I was really struck by the fact that the most fervent supporters of royalty way back then of the ruling aristocracy were the peasants. Today, we hear from that demographic, lower-income people, well, they deserve their harder money. They give away so much in the rather loudly publicized philanthropy, which I wonder about, actually, that they are the job creators. And that opinion from lower-income people who are strongly in defense of an aristocracy, basically, comes across as pretty rigid. What keeps the message of unfair taxation from breaking through to them. A lot of politicians have been trying to figure it out for a long time. What's, what's your sense? Well, I think that, uh, look, I tend to end up on this subject. I tend to think all roads lead here, but I think it's the decline of labor unions. Um, uh, people, lower income, less educated people are naturally um, going to be conservative. Um, I think partly because they have to be conservative in non-ideological ways. They have to be conservative with their money. They, they live closer to the precipice. They have to be careful. They don't want to rock the boat. And it's only when you um, introduce the possibility of collective action through a labor union that people feel secure enough to challenge the status quo. Ah. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, this is why uh, Republicans are, will move heaven and earth to keep the labor movement from uh, being revived. And it's, um, uh, but it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why we see such toleration of um, unequal politics in the United States. Divide and conquer. We've heard that before. Keep the people mm -hmm. separate. If they're united, they have some power. And I, I did think uh, we got a little bit off uh, dead people, but <laughs> you say dead people control way too much of the U.S. economy. And, uh, you know, people think of dead presidents on the dollar bills and things like that. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I, I, this is this is a piece. I'm, that's uh refers to a piece that I wrote some months ago called Defund the Dead, <laughs> uh, also for the New Republic. And uh, yeah, the dead make out like bandits uh, in, in our economy. And uh, they, uh, the, you know, uh, inheritance taxes are way down. Um, you know, that's that's one clear uh, area. Um, the. Uh, uh, the angel of death loophole um, mm. is uh a great thing for dead people. Uh, really, there's never been a better time in America to be a dead person. Um, the the um, uh, also these family trusts that exist at the state yes, level. Yes. States have been competing with each other yes. to be ever more accommodating uh, to family trusts, yes. which which uh, hide money from. Uh, the IRS, and um, it used to be you could you could have one of these trusts only for um, two generations. Oh, wow. I think it was, um, and 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 now uh, you're seeing those limits entirely lifted uh, in states like South Dakota. So you've got these these you know 
undead trusts <laughs> that will live forever. And um, uh, it's, it's again, uh, you know, something else that's, uh, that's uh, uh, empowering the dead, so to speak. Also copyright, you know, copyright uh, keeps getting extended oh, and extended and extended. And that's another way. Um, uh, there's a wonderful book about all this that, that I uh, partly drew my piece from called Immortality in the Law by Ray Madoff. Um, it was published some years ago by Yale University Press. And um, it's, the subhead is The Rising Power of the American Dead. And I think that's very mm. apt uh, because when, when you see, you know, when you see family fortunes um, uh, growing and uh, lasting a very long time, yes. um, what you're basically seeing is the power of the dead. John D. Rockefeller created a generation skipping trust um way back in i don't know the 30s i think it was and he looked around at his grandchildren and he said okay david rockefeller you're the youngest of my grandkids so um uh we're gonna have a generation skipping trust and 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 david rockefeller only died like a few years ago yes yes and it's still it's i think they still get an additional number of years past david rockefeller's death before this family trust that was started more than a hundred years ago by John D. Rockefeller, a, a figure out of American history, um, before it's the, the protections to this money expire. Right. There wasn't even an income tax uh, back before 1913. And some Republicans still argue that it's unconstitutional. It can't be done. Uh, <laughs> I wonder actually... Right. Although it's in the Constitution now, so so you'd have to you'd have to to make it unconstitutional. You'd have to take it out of the Constitution. Well, uh, but but that's that's uh, you know reality. And what does that have to do with what the right wing chooses? To <laughs> you know, if you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is keeping democracy alive. We're talking about you know paying taxes because it's the price we pay for civilization, and looking at uh, Biden's alleged billionaires tax uh which our guest today timothy noah argues is a way to avoid taxing the rich well all right if it's a way to avoid taxing the rich well what is it and and what's his motivation for putting it out there just looking well, uh, like it but not really doing it looking like he wants to soak the rich soaking the rich is very popular is. right yes. now yes. but somehow people scream run screaming in the other direction when you just say <laughs> the words income tax uh even if you're talking about raising taxes at very high incomes and you see that in this very bizarre um uh very bizarre inflation of the notion of what it is to be middle class ah. uh, uh, or it started under Barack Obama when he said as, as part of the deal to, you know, raising the top rate to a very measly 39.6%, uh, um, he promised he would not raise taxes on anybody earning less than a quarter of a million dollars. The fiction there being that anybody earning uh, up to a quarter of a million dollars was middle class. That's absurd. Um, people uh, uh, earning up to 
$250,000. It includes middle-class people, but it also includes an awful lot of uh, very affluent people. Um, some would even call them rich. Uh, anyway, that was, that was uh, $250,000 was, was Obama's floor. Biden comes along and he makes the floor $400,000. Now, now um, everybody earning less than $400,000 a year is such a delicate flower that they cannot have their taxes increased. <laughs> and and that's that's absurd too. We are all of us under taxed. We meaning uh, you know uh, anybody who might be defined as um, the upper middle class and upwards. Um, the uh, uh, taxes should be raised um, for a lot of people. They should not be raised on the poor. Um, they uh, arguably should not be raised on the people who are legitimately middle class, depending on how you define that. But they absolutely need to go up for everybody earning uh, six figures. And um, uh, it's it's a bit of a scandal that um, that this group has been exempted. And it's it's not based on economics. It's based on the principle that the only way you're going to get um, the only kind of tax you'll be able to get anybody to support is tax on on um, uh, people that nobody's ever even met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so you have this ridiculous four hundred thousand uh, dollar uh, floor for, right. for Biden. And 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 so I think. Uh, I think that you need to um, have higher uh, brackets for the rich so you can tax back a lot of income from um, people at very high uh, in very high income brackets. But I also think that um, this haute bourgeoisie that um, Obama pampered and Biden pampered, mm-hmm. I think because a lot of them are in, you know, the professional classes and they're urbanites and they're Democrats. Those people need to pay more in taxes, too. And yet it doesn't seem to be happening with the pressure. I mean, the polls, you know, I read that earlier. It's this is a lot of people, as we recognize, you know, soak the rich, tax the rich. Uh, it, it comes out. Uh, on a occasional basis, and yet when it comes down to really doing it, it seems that politicians of both stripes, especially, well, the Republicans, you know, pretty open about they don't want to do it, but Democrats are, you know, they need to have their sources of campaign funding, and I hate to think that that might have anything to do with their decisions on policy. Perish the thought. Right. But I think it does. Well, what, what about changing, as you suggested, the uh, uh, taxing capital gains tax at at death. I, I guess that would be good because, actually, I mean, just just for yes, I mean, uh, um, I, I'm taxing unrealized gains at uh-huh. death. Uh, yes, I think that would be great. Capital gains, but you should when you when you actually realize capital gains as yeah. income, yeah, um, you, you should have to pay um, higher rates than than we pay now. I think. I, I would think it seems fair, and there haven't been a lot of efforts for tax reform. You know, everybody talks about it, but it doesn't really happen. But in 1986, there was the Graham-Rudman tax reform. Uh, that's that's as far as I 
can think of any real tax reform. I'm not even sure how significant that was. Both both parties have discussed reforming corporate taxation more recently. Right, and and one one little discussed aspect of the '86 tax reform is that it sure. it, um, it it taxed capital at the same level as income um, for a few years. The guy who changed that, I regret to report, was mm. uh, Bill Clinton, mm. um, uh, who uh, dropped the capital gains uh, rate in order to uh, buy off the Republicans on something else. I forget mm-hmm. what it was mm-hmm. in the late '90s. But Ronald Reagan actually supported taxing capital and income at the same level. Um, mm. Biden's proposal, Biden's proposal on this is good. Biden would would raise its uh, capital gains from the 20% to 37%. Uh, and if you uh, combine that 37% with the um, uh, with another uh, tax uh, on capital gains, that's uh, called the existing, that's uh, called the net investment income tax, which is 3.8%, then you have a, an effective top tax rate of about 40%, which is actually ever so slightly more than he's proposing as a top um, income tax rate. So he is bringing them back into approximate uh, to, to being approximately the same. Well, but but, then, but it's just a proposal, and and who right. knows whether Congress will allow it? Yeah, right. I mean, there's Manchin and other people who uh, I can't figure it out. But, but so the top tax rate under Barack Obama, and, and I'm not surprised about Clinton. To be perfectly honest, I he did not. This is my opinion. Do the Democratic Party any good? at all, quite frankly. And there's still the division within the Democratic Party about which direction to go in traditional or the Clintonista type. Anyway, so the top tax rate under Barack Obama was, as you say, 39%. And what what happened after that? The guy who uh, wants us to worship people, that orange large thing, Trump, did he have any position on tax fairness? Did he talk about that at all? You know, not very much. Not uh, mostly he thought taxes were too high, <laughs> yes, and he dropped taxes. He had a big he had a big tax uh, cut in at the end of twenty seventeen. Uh huh. Right. That dropped the income tax rates, dropped the corporate rate, dropped the capital gains rate, mm. um, and uh, now he was an absolutely phony populist. He, absolutely. He, um, he he was defending um, the rich and corporations at every turn. Yeah. And um, which is the main reason why the Republican Party put up with them. Uh, and they, they had to put up with a lot in order to get those <laughs> things. Uh, and, but um, that's that's why, because uh, he delivered on tax cuts and he delivered on um, uh, uh, confounding regulation. Yeah. Um, and there's tied regulations up. There are those people who say, oh, I couldn't stand his tweets, but I liked his policies. I guess that's what they're talking about here. And yeah, yeah. many of us agree the Obamacare is nowhere near enough of reform to the health insurance mess that we've had for a long time. Many argue it's a good start. Is the Biden tax proposal, while not being enough, also a good start? Or maybe it even is enough? Well, if it gets, you know, it's... it's um... If it, it's you know the the the, um, the billionaire tax, it's not a terrible idea. I mean, it's 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 I don't love it, but it's it's not as bad as a wealth tax, which you know, and it's not a wealth tax. And if you think of it as uh, 
requiring rich people to prepay what they're eventually going to owe in capital gains tax when they die. Um, it comes out about the same. Um, it's just a somewhat clumsier way to do it and a more intrusive way because they have to calculate every year what the value of their assets are. That's going to invite a lot of chicanery and a lot of legal challenges and so on. Um, taxing capital gains at death uh, is much simpler. Um, the uh, Supreme Court is already on board uh -huh. saying that's perfectly legal. Uh, it's not clear the Supreme Court would okay the uh, Biden's billionaire's tax. So really the best way to do it is um, to tax uh, capital gains at death. So maybe by, if, by drawing fire, the billionaire's tax will um, ah. allow uh, Biden's proposal on taxing capital gains at death to slip through. Yeah. The problem is that there are... Um, there's still you know, there's a lot of hysteria on the whole subject of taxing uh, anything at death, that the so-called death tax. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, you've had uh, Democrats like former Senator Max Baucus carried on last year when Biden tried to to get the um, uh, capital gains taxed at at death and 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 uh, Baucus was complaining that this was going to break up the big ranches in Montana and um, it's all a bunch of nonsense because uh, uh, all these exemptions have been put in too many to my mind for family businesses um, but uh, in any case um, it, it doesn't seem as if you can really pacify these opponents you just have to outnumber them uh huh. Yeah, that seems like a good strategy to win. And I, I do wonder if there's any kind of guess as to how much money we're actually talking about here. How much money could be, how much revenue is unpaid now that could be paid from realized capital gains being taxed at a higher level uh, and what that might do really to the uh, American economy. I mean, there's all the, the spending side of the ledger. We're not you know, talking about that right now. But, uh, you know, how, we, the people in lower income scales, we're subsidizing. We're paying the taxes for mm -hmm. what the rich people could be paying. I don't think that's, that's well known. Well, I wonder if you could uh, talk to those issues, please. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good revenue raiser. I forget what the number is. Yeah. It's not the biggest revenue raiser in Biden's tax package. The biggest revenue raiser is the increase in the corporate tax, uh -huh. which would bring in an absolutely fantastic amount of money. Nice. And again, it, you would bring in a fantastic amount of money by raising the corporate rate, not quite as high as it was before Trump um, became president. So... Uh, it should be higher. It should be back where it was before Trump came president. But even even a compromise proposal like Biden's is going to be a really good revenue raiser. Um, and I just think that 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 you one reason we need to think about raising taxes in all sorts of ways is that if we want um, to create new sustainable public policies right. like a permanent child care tax credit, mm -hmm. um, like um, enlarged uh, uh, government uh, subsidies for um, providing health care to more people, and so on. 
you need to have um, a uh, yeah. a way to pay for it. Yeah. Well, and 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 there you know there are all sorts of very simple solutions that that still remain unexplored. Yeah, and I personally happen to think that FDR was one of our greatest presidents, and you know he he understood the common good and he uh, and the importance of it, and how the uh, private sector's profits should be tethered to the common good. And if we're talking about a new New Deal. You know, taking on climate change, you know, addressing our uh, uh, energy needs and and uh, transportation. There's got to be some money there. You know, I mean, it's going to take a lot of money there. And to get there between, you know, having the idea for, you know, high-speed rail and making it happen, that's a, that's a big jump. And I don't, I don't know if there's any other way to do it besides... Uh, you know, uh, getting more money from uh, adjusting and and making the uh, income tax more fair. Just yeah, the the Democrats have been terrified of the tax issue for for forty years now, yes, and it's yes. got to stop. And and yet, the public is there. As mm-hmm. as yep. Franklin Roosevelt again said to A. Philip Randolph of the uh, Pullman Porters Union, with regard to ending uh, segregation, I'm with you. I want to help you now go out there and make me do it. And he was right. Mm-hmm. You got to have the public support for a politician, you know, going to put his or her finger to the wind and see which way it blows. It's blowing. People want this to be done. But I is it just their wealthy funders that gives them the timidity, do you think? It's a lot of things. It's it's it has to do with fundraising and it also has to do with constituencies and I know I'm a broken record on the subject, but it has to do with the Democrats no longer being a party of the working class yes. uh, with the decline of labor unions. Yeah. And um, uh, it has shifted its attention from the working class to uh, right. more affluent liberals. Um, and uh, so that, you know, that's a constituency that, that they worry about, that they worry about too much, I think. And uh, if we saw a revival of... Um, labor unions. I think we're um, starting to. Then we could see a revival of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party yes. needs uh, a strong labor movement in order to thrive. Very much so. You got to have the movements there. I just I interviewed Michael Kazin recently about his new book, What It Took to Win. And unions, things like that, movements are there to make it happen. And I'm very pleased, you know, with the Amazon uh, union vote. And I think it's it's starting to happen. We got to, how we yielded, just, you know, hand to the Republicans, working people, you know, their votes, just in, incredibly stupid in my mind. It just, it's it's amazing to me how, how they did that. Now, um, what would, well, let me just see here. Um, if Biden's wealth tax became law, his alleged wealth tax, rich people would challenge it in court. And, you know, there's little question the current Supreme Court would be comfortable in protecting the wealthiest from higher taxes, at least on an individual basis. But they are also supposed to be there to protect the Constitution. They have to at least pretend to follow constitutional strictures. What do you, what do you think their grounds would be? And what would, how, how would uh, wealthy uh, interests challenge uh, such uh, you know, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't give you all the ins and outs of yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, 
But there, you know, there are arguments on both sides. On the one hand, there are very limited ways in tax law and securities law where we already tax unrealized uh, capital gains in some very narrow circumstances. And so it would be argued in favor that, look, we already do X, why can't we do Y? Um, but uh, the... Um, the 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 um the precedents are not favorable yeah. um <laughs> and and if 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 the supreme court could reject a tax like this uh and 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 say at the same time that it wasn't overturning precedents i think that would make them about as happy uh as 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 you can be uh so mm. i don't like uh the chances of it but again mm -hmm. the, the, it's different with taxing capital gains at death that does have uh, protection under existing case law so politics is an interesting game shall we say do you think biden even before putting the proposal out there knew it was a non-starter was there some political strategy involved do you think Yes, I think it's a political uh, political football for for uh, the midterms. Uh, he can say he came out for this, and uh, and the Democrats can run on it, and um, uh, the fact that it's going to get blocked by uh, mostly by the Republicans, although also also by uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, some Democrats, uh, that will be. Um, advantageous to to democrats running mm. uh, in the midterms they can so, say it, uh, yeah. i support yeah this. but right and the, it's, god knows the democrats are going to need all the help they can get in the midterms <laughs> but um uh but i think the other elements to biden's package are um much more important and i would like to see they don't none of them go far enough in right. my mind but mm -hmm. but uh except for maybe the, the capital gains increase when compared at least relative to um, what he's doing with uh, income tax rates. But, but um, you know, those other parts are more important. And as I say, mm, the corporate mm. tax increase is just a, a phenomenal revenue raiser. And, you know, people don't pay attention to the, to such things that are oftentimes lost in the weeds, but I wonder, if you know, but there's 2022, which is like right here now, uh, but 2024, if uh, progress can be made, if 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 it's likely that some Democrats will continue to push for these realistic uh, uh, tax changes, and if that may actually help them going into 2024, you got a guess? Um, you know, my political guesses are always wrong, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, whatever I say, uh, you should assume the opposite. <laughs> um, but I do just think as a matter of public policy, we, we really need um, uh, more tax rates. We need uh, uh, more taxation of dead people and uh, not less. And, uh, um, you know, we, we just need to have a, a strong revenue uh, uh, support foundation for the social policies that Democrats favor. And that could be coupled with uh, cuts here and there as well. You know, just, I mean, it's a, a family's uh, spending plan budget reflects that family's values. And 
we could look at some of them too but boy there's a lot of money out there i mean when anybody says oh we can't afford it oh please there's so much money out there it 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 has to change at some point so biden's starting this talking about it it's nice to hear him at least talking about it even if we know it's kind of uh you know a wink and a nod that he knows it's not really going to happen but at least it starts the ball rolling perhaps i wonder what people can do what can what you know if, what can they tell their members of congress that you want them to do i mean you're just one person i know but um they should tell their members of congress to drop their opposition to uh, to um, higher uh, inheritance taxation. Mm -hmm. They should tell them to drop their opposition specifically to the uh, elimination of the angel of death loophole on capital gains at death. Um, they should tell their legislators that they want to support uh, more uh, brackets for wealthier people, that the, that the top marginal bracket should not be 39%, that it mm -hmm. should... Uh, go up. There should be other brackets uh, for wealthier groups that go higher, and that also that the uh, tax increases that are being proposed should also reach a bit lower, and they should go. Um, the, 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 uh, uh, we should not be shielding people making mm -hmm. up to four hundred thousand dollars from tax increases. Um, we want we want to. Uh, we want our taxes to pay the level of government that we desire and the level of government i think that democrats desire these days is um uh significant yes. and, and that's fine i don't object to it i favor uh, oh, yeah. all these things but i but I, I think you need to pay for them if you don't want them to get eliminated the day after tomorrow and not all wealthy people uh, are in lockstep on this. There's this wonderful group called Patriotic Millionaires, which argues basically the same thing, that they should pay their fair share of taxes. And, of course, people can join unions, too. That's sort of an underlying thing that, uh, that helps, uh, helps us all, really. Well, Tim mm -hmm. Timothy Noah, thank you so much for being with us today. The New Republic article, great magazine, by the way, long, terrific history, is titled thank you. Biden's Billionaire's Tax is Mainly a Way to Avoid Taxing the Rich. Well, maybe we can do it. we got to at least try. We can't surrender. Thank you so much for being with us and keeping democracy alive. Thank you. Thank you. I paid my income tax today. I'm only one of millions more whose income never was taxed before. A tax I'm very glad to pay. I'm squared up with the USA. You see those bombers in the sky. Rockefeller helped to build them, so did I. I paid my income tax today. I paid my income tax today. I'm only one of millions more whose income never was taxed before. A tax I'm very glad to pay. I'm squared up with the USA. You see those bombers in the sky. Rockefeller helped to build and so did I. I pay my income tax today.
I paid my income tax today. I'm only one of millions more whose income never was taxed before. A tax I'm very glad to pay. I'm squared up with the USA. You see those bombers in the sky. Rockefeller helped to build them, so did I.